Hey, good morning and welcome to What's the Word down at the Foundry. Hey, Lauren, how you doing? This is Lauren Rowe. He's a manager at the Foundry Coffee House. My name is Matt McGill and we're going to be having uh, Eric Barton join us. Uh, we're super excited about this. This is a time for us to tease out some of the implications of the message we heard on Sunday and also just kind of put our ear to the floor of what's happening down on the first floor at the Foundry Coffee House. And Lauren, mm -hmm. you brought today uh, something tasty to drink. In fact, I was just yeah. enjoying it uh, all the way from Guatemala. Guatemala. How'd you make it here so quick? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so this is a Guatemalan from a gentleman named Aurelio Villatoro. Aurelio Villatoro. Aurelio, yes, he's okay. been a coffee farmer for 30, 40 years, something nice. like that down there. Uh, and we get it by way of porch culture coffee. Uh, so they are, are technically in-house roaster. In-house roaster, but, Jonathan Ram. Yeah. Porch so culture. They are in our house, but they are a separate mm -hmm. entity. Uh, and so that's my experience. That's how I really got into working in coffee was working with him. And yeah. so the opportunity and you to... you talk about a slow... That, when, when I think about those beans getting stirred in that roaster, mm -hmm. so slow and methodical. And I, that's, that's like Jonathan, isn't it? I mean, he's he steady, intentional, and, intentional yeah. like, you know, it's absolutely. just, it's beautiful, the work that he does. Oh, absolutely. And beautifully inventive as well. Mm -hmm. So Sure. So cool. what are we drinking today? Yeah. So I mean, we know it's the Guatemala from Aurelio. <laughs> right, right, right. So uh, this is uh, brewed in a Chemex. So it's a manual oh. process. Uh, you know, you use a little kettle, pour mm. it over. Uh, it's a lot slower. It takes five, six minutes, something like that. Five, six minutes. Mm -hmm. Lauren, who has that time these days? I do. Yeah, right? <laughs> and a lot of our patrons do down, mm -hmm. downstairs. They want to come in. They're not trying to rush in and out with the no. to-go cup. They want to come in and chill for a little while, mm -hmm. talk to the barista, see who's here, check out the gallery and the art. And the, the new art by it is terrific, by the oh way. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Yeah, the weavings and the details of that. But they want to come in and have, take mm -hmm. a little bit more time at the foundry. And yeah. this is a great way to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, the majority of our customers aren't come and go. We don't have a drive through so people are coming to sit and be in community with each, with each other, mm -hmm. uh, which is largely how our furniture is set up so sure. that people can do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're, yeah, they're taking their time on pour overs like the Chemex, or we also have a smaller single cut pour over that we serve a ton of. That's pour overs. So. Aren't the baristas going back and forth with the hot water? Absolutely. Just like every cup, every minute or so? And yeah, just every, like it's yeah just 30 real... seconds, they're mm -hmm. pulsing it. Um, mm -hmm. the, the technique is very important, but... Um, yeah, who's got who's got the angle on the technique? Who is ooh. the pour over that you want downstairs? Ooh, who's the guy? That's is a good question. Or the question. girl? Is it Tim? Tim is good. Uh, you know, I think if I'm going pour over, I want ransom. Ransom. So he he does a lot of pour overs. He seems to really enjoy them. That's um, great. So at least he talks about them more than anybody else. That's great. When's Ransom's next shift? He works fr every Saturday and Sunday evening. So Saturday and Sunday. Every Saturday. If you Saturday want a six minute time. <laughs> Chill with uh, with ransom. Yeah. Have the uh, pour over and enjoy yeah. the foundry. And that's coincidentally when we have pie, so it makes yeah. a fine dessert. Mm. Have you so. uh, gained any pounds since you've uh, you know? Amazingly, no. Yeah, I try to use the stairs as much as possible. That's so. a good idea. That's a good <laughs> idea. Well, Lauren, thanks for hanging out so, today, man. This hey. is this is really going to be good. I yeah. hope you'll come back and deliver something uh, even mm -hmm. tastier next week. Absolutely. All right, brother. We'll see you soon. All okay. Right. And we're back with Eric Barton, uh, downtown campus pastor for Bethel Bible, right above the Foundry Coffee House. In fact, we uh, just got him a cup of this uh, Guatemala pour over. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Good to have you Salute. on this. Ching, ching. The initial, the beginning of what's the word? I'm thrilled downtown. to be so, doing this. So what was the word last week? 
What was the, what did you what did you start with? Well, we started a new sermon series on Ephesians, Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, which I think is probably the most pertinent and practical mm. thing that we as a church in the 21st century mm. could study through. Mm. It's a great treatise on who and what the church is supposed to be mm. in the midst of a very Western culture that is uh, multifaceted, super complex, and how is the church supposed to be what God wants it to be? And it's it couldn't be more practical. Yeah, we see there's there's so much obvious re- revelation uh, through Paul, as Paul's sort of teasing out the implications of what is it to be the church when I'm in chains? What right. is it to be in Christ? You said in in, in throughout Ephesians, uh, Paul says in Christ, uses this inclusionary language nothing less than 27 times 27. in the short, what is it, six chapters? Yeah. 27 times we're reminded of a position, an anchoring that is that is our inclusion into uh, the Son with whom God is well pleased. Absolutely. I, it's so fun to do a study like Ephesians and to have it side by side with Acts. Mm. Acts is sort of the, uh, the play-by-play mm-hmm. of what happened historically. Mm-hmm. And the epistle, the letter that the apostle writes, is kind of like the color commentary. It's kind of like they're both watching the same football game, but one is doing like journalistic play-by-play. That's that's your Al Michaels. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like a Chris Collinsworth, who's mm-hmm. the Apostle Paul, who's been there, done that, and he's giving you insider information. So when you put them side-by-side, man, it's really interesting, and it sort of, it sort of sizzles and, and smells wonderfully rich when you realize what Paul says comes from a context of what was happening in Ephesus that we see in chapter 19. So like what you just said, he'll say in Christ 27 times. Mm-hmm. Why is that such a big deal? Well, it's a big deal theologically, but it's a really big deal biblically to understand why Paul makes a big deal out of that is because we're introduced to a guy at the beginning at the beginning of Acts 19 named Apollos. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, hey, he's a Jew. And he's mm-hmm. saying, hey, the kingdom has come, repent. The kingdom has come, repent. Israel, you've been out of covenant faithfulness with mm-hmm. God, and so you're experiencing judgment. Repent. Turn around, Turn man. around. Go the other direction. Which is what all the Old Testament prophets would do. Hey, you're out of covenant faithfulness. You're experiencing Deuteronomy curse. Mm-hmm. Repent. Turn around. Go the other way. Mm-hmm. But he is not fully baked, Apollos. Mm-hmm. He's not incorrect. He's just incomplete. Mm-hmm. And what we see beginning to happen in Ephesus, that's the first time that an Old Testament prophet says, hey, repent, the kingdom of God has come. And someone else has to come alongside and go, it's actually way better than that. Mm-hmm. It's even better than that. It's not just about Israel obeying and getting back in good graces per se. No, 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 no. It's about the kingdom has now come and it's gone viral. And what I kept hearing is power. 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 I mean, and, and that's what that's what made it such a prescient statement, uh, or, or, or beginning to look into Ephesians is that we live in times where people are either clamoring for power, mm-hmm. disenfranchised because they feel that they don't have any power, mm-hmm. uh, angry because the power has been taken from them. Perhaps. Right. I mean, it's the gamut of emotions, and it's all of this relationship to power or feelings of powerlessness, and those really equate to hope. Or hopelessness. If I don't have any power, I feel hopeless. Exactly. If I feel pa- if I if I have power, whether it's my guy's been elected or whatever it is, right? You know, if I have power, then I have hope. 
But that's not what this gospel is saying. This no. gospel this is a new arrangement with regard to power. Yeah, if I don't have power, mm -hmm. I feel worthless. Mm. But what the gospel is saying is, no, 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 no. You have power, but it's not what anybody expected. It's a person, and he indwells you, and it's the power to not get your way. Mm. I saw this great little clip wow. just the other day of mm -hmm. this totally jacked, swole up, ripped MMA fighter. Mm. And he's just... It was me in my former days. Correct. Mm -hmm. It was a it was an older clip, clearly. But yes. this MMA fighter, and he's just chiseled, and it looks like he's just been pumping iron his whole life. And he's in the ring fighting this guy in a cage, and he's losing. Mm -hmm. And finally, mm -hmm. he's getting choked out. And you mm -hmm. watch it, he finally has to... He taps out. And I yeah. thought, that's it. He taps out. He surrenders. And in that moment, he's saved. Mm. All that power, but it didn't do him any good because there was something that was around his neck. And so finally, what you see Paul's going to say, what Luke demonstrates, is that that chokehold that finally makes you tap out isn't judgment. It's actually grace that finally makes you tap out and go... I you surrender know, all my power. Uh, we were reading the other day about Martin Luther having written, he, 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 through the Brunner commentary we're looking at with the men on uh, Wednesday morning, uh, and he was talking about the devil being on a leash by God. Yeah. That is something like uh, in this world where we are, the world seems to be causing us to cry uncle. Yeah, right. right. We're right. getting pressed in on all sides. I often link it to like the Star Wars. Remember the trash, uh, compactor? The trash compactor? The trash man. compactor's closing in. That's kind of what the world... Hey, and can I just ask you a question? Yeah. The Death Star was brand new. They had just built it, mm -hmm. and there's a trash compactor, and there's already like a monster in the trash compactor? It happens. How did that guy get in there? It happens, and you just went to a, a level of nerdiness that... I digress, that, but I yes. just... I, anyway. But I, I want to say, it, it, for me, the analogy ends at the... Oh, right. Okay. Uh, but but the, as the world is closing in and causing us to cry, Uncle, who in their right mind would would cry, Uncle, and give up in this world unless there was a promise of deliverance? So right. we're not just talking about the uh, absence of pain once we cry, Uncle. Right. What we're talking about is the presence of deliverance through the valley. Uh, through the trash compactor, uh, deliverance into a new economy of power, a new economy of peace and ease. And I got to say, the first chapter of Ephesians that we're going to get into, it to me, it's the poetry in the Bible about our standing. Absolutely. I mean, it's straight up cosmic what it we're totally going to be is. looking at. The great glory of the gospel, and then specifically as articulated in Ephesians is that people who are enemies of God are in Christ. In other words, the adopted have the exact same standing as the begotten. Mm. That is mm. unbelievable. Mm -hmm. the, the adopted, mm -hmm. you and me, mm -hmm. have the exact same standing and affection from the Father as the begotten. That's impossible, probably really for all eternity for us to fully fathom. Mm -hmm. But that's also what we see happening in Acts 19. Sure. There's some super clever language that Luke is using. The great story in Acts 19 is that Paul has caused a dust up, a kerfuffle, mm -hmm. uh, whatever, mm -hmm. a riot in Ephesus. And they 
drag some of the believers into the theater that seats 25,000 people and things get crazy. Wow. For two hours, they're chanting all this stuff. But Luke says at the very end of it that that mass, he calls them something. The, the city clerk comes in. He's kind of like the, 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 the mayor or the COO of the mm -hmm. city. And Luke's very careful to say, and he dismisses the assembly. Now, that's fascinating because the word that he uses for assembly is the Greek term ekklesia. Ekklesia. So that mob of pagan, idolatrous, riotous, power-hungry people, it's the same thing that Paul's going to say, that actually now, but indwelled by the power of the Spirit, that's actually now the power of God in this world. Wow. The, the riot, the all of the idolatrous, angry mob becomes the, well, it becomes the embassy mm. of the kingdom of God in this world. It's that big of a scandal. Mm. So, yeah, we get to see how when power indwells, we get to lay it aside mm -hmm. and say, you know what? There is someone who is vastly more competent for this than me. And I took some of these, I took some of these notes uh, from this week, uh, and, and you talked about times of transition. And I, that, that particularly, this, uh, I, I think about um, what Josh White calls intersections of grace. Mm -hmm. And I thought of that in terms of times of transition. That is, I used to think power was this, but then I, I let go of it. Yeah, and man. I come to yeah. an understanding of grace that's so much different because, as Paul will write later, I get, or maybe in Romans, that it's in my weakness that his strength is made perfect. Mm -hmm. As I decrease, whether through folly, sin, confusion, disappointment, disillusionment, when I descend, he begins to increase and I begin to find a, a measure of transcendence, this side of eternity, because I'm so connected to his spirit through my own broken spirit. Yes? Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, about this. Where does this, how does this sit down for, for a people in Ephesus who uh, worship Artemis? Yeah. Diana. Same. Now, what are they worshiping? What do they worship when they go to this thing? I mean, do they, do, they, do they think, if I lay something down, I can have something of what she is? I can, have, I can have a part of that? I mean, is there a sense of the desire for inclusion into the power that Diana has that Paul picks up on and says, look, if you want to be included in anything, what you really want to be included in is the blood of Christ, not this statue. I mean, let's right. talk about that a little bit. I mean, it's, a, it's classic religion. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I'm going to do a thing to get a thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to perform tit for tat. absolutely to get a reward. Mm -hmm. And Paul's going to say, that's actually not power, though it feels like you're accomplishing an narcotic high quickly. Absolutely. But, not, but it's not sustainable, is it's it? Because not. you got to keep going back to the statue. you got to keep going back to the statue, and we have to wear blinders and go, if this is all a reward-based system, then I'm just going to hope and assume that I'm not going to get rewarded for all the ways I fall short. Because a reward means both both ways, the good and the bad. And but Eric, Paul says, no, it's not that at all. Yeah, and Eric, people are so habitual. People are oh, so yeah. habitual. And if we find a thing that we feel that we're deriving power from, we'll go back to it every day, won't <laughs> of we? Of course. I mean, how? Course. What, so what we need is some of those transitions, times of transition that we're talking about. And so when you talk about the power really being in the grace, mm -hmm. or you said the grace is in the, or power is in, is in, 
grace. Right. And that's what Paul's presenting to these people who think they're free serving Diana, but they're actually an enslaved totally. people. And, it, and in, in a nonsensical way, they're enslaved to a statue or maybe the, the manifestation of an idea that they're, en, that they're enslaved to. Because ultimately, everybody wants peace, prosperity, and the pursuit of happiness, mm -hmm. yes. right? Yeah. And we'll even try to legislate that if mm -hmm. we can. But what the scripture comes along and says is, that's actually an impossibility. Like you said, it doesn't sustain mm -hmm. apart from grace. Mm -hmm. That's the only way that happens. And so what you see Paul calling people to is, uh, can we mix metaphors here? Oh, we yeah, mix them up. We, mix made, them up. we made a Star Wars reference. I just yeah. kind of think one of my favorite, actually, this is going to be totally nerdy. It Come on. used to be my ringtone on my Motorola StarTac way back in the day. when We could program nice. ringtones yeah, into those did. things. Mm -hmm. It was from Homer Simpson in The Simpsons okay. when he's getting walked out of the power plant and he says, oh, I'm going to lose my job and only because I'm dangerously unqualified. <laughs> and it's kind of like... It's yeah, like reality coming to bear. Totally. And that's really sort of what the saint is called to do is go, oh, I'm going to lose my life, but only because I'm dangerously unqualified. Mm -hmm. But praise be to God, man, there is one who is gooder, bigger, better, broader than me who's actually at the controls, and he actually wants better for me than I do. So grace is the power to submit and to trust him to, to drive. That's right. I mean, another greater. Bono, you too, said the greatest concept in humanity is grace. So that's why I'm a Christian. There's nothing else in the world that conveys this brilliance and this beauty like grace. And I think Jordan Peterson was saying something go. like the, the, the mind cannot conceive of a higher, clearer, better path for one man to take than to give up his work his life to save the whole world which is in essence the disclosure of grace to us yeah well and as you're even saying those words i'm thinking about the foundry i'm thinking about people that as we speak are milling around on the first floor the people who are outside these walls it's yeah. packed mm -hmm. people who are outside these walls who are looking mm -hmm. for direction mm -hmm. for purpose for meaning, for significance, for weight. And it's interesting because we live at this intersection where there are generations. It's a time of transition, completely. Jack. I mean. And there are some folks that are looking for peace through this avenue. Some are looking through peace through this avenue. And we sort of have this awesome confluence mm -hmm. right here downtown in the center of our city in the middle of East Texas where mm -hmm. we get to see in vivid HD that both cultural constructs are now colliding and the answer for both is the same so i'm delighted that we get to sit here and talk about this and say well this is the word mm -hmm. it's grace mm -hmm. and it's always been about grace it's manifested itself and revealed itself slightly differently but man for the folks that are downstairs right now sipping a pour over mm -hmm. and for those who are going to work you know in law enforcement on the square sure. it's the same answer that's right that's right and i'll tell you what I told a guy uh, last week, I said, precise speech is your friend. Mm. And as I think through this, what we're calling, uh, 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 what's the word? Yeah. I want to use precise speech. I want to say exactly the thing as best we can, as best as it's given, given to yeah. us. And I appreciate the things that you said. I, I, there, was a, uh, there was a quote that you, uh, that you laid, laid down on us, something about the grace... Uh, threatens both the oh, flag yeah. and the wallet. Yeah, William Larkin, he said, any Christianity worth its salt will always be a threat 
to the pocketbook, the shrine, and the flag. Okay, so let's talk about those three. Yeah. Pocketbook, shrine, and flag. Pocketbook, your 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 personal power. Your look, when I have a hundred dollars in my wallet, I just feel a little more confident. Absolutely. It just is true. Mm-hmm. You know, than an empty wallet, man. I would assume that's true. I've never had that, but I <laughs> I'll go well, with you on that. You know, <laughs> you know. Okay, so, so so I don't want to give up my cash because I'm giving up power. When somebody buys me a cup of coffee, I, I can begin to see, oh, I'm in a time of transition. My economy is being switched. Someone is giving up power that I might have some. Do you know? I remember right. when, when uh, uh, I was pulling through a Chick-fil-A and they said, oh, the, the, the people in front of you just paid for yours. I said, wow. Now... That is that what a gift of grace, and it tastes uh, a little like it has brown sugar in the dough, <laughs> whatever that is on the right, right, Chick fil A. Right. Anyway, we'll Did take you pay the sponsorship uh, for that, indeed. Exactly. Uh, Joshua Johnson, uh, no, I didn't pay it, for <laughs> but maybe I will. <laughs> you didn't want to be bound by that. I mean, law. who knows how big their order yeah, was behind listen. me? It looked like a van, <laughs> one of those that has all the different you know kids a on the back, van. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so pocketbook. Shrine, what is it? This is the, our cultural traditions within our traditionalism, churches. traditionalism, religion, mm-hmm. where it's a contractual, mm-hmm. transactional. Mm-hmm. I do so that I get. I do so that mm-hmm. I get. Man, grace wrecks all of that. And then your flag, your flag. relationship to the state, your relationship to, to the, the state, but state. also, I mean, any sort of power structure. Sure, I'm going to be nice to those elected officials so that it goes well with me on the back end, and they'll, you know, not be too harsh on me as they're coming to evaluate my taxes Which or the whatever. the long story of the Israelites in the Old Testament is all about jumping in bed, so to speak, with foreign entities. Of course. Where they can make so a So that it deal. would go well for yeah, them. Yeah, reciprocity. It's still a law. But all three of those facets of those aspects, the, the pocketbook, the shrine, and the flag, all of them in one sense represent the scorecard. Sure. That human beings, by default, by nature, Try to hold up and say, this is how I'm doing. This mm-hmm. is how my power mm-hmm. meter is. Mm-hmm. I'm doing okay according to the shrine, the pocketbook, and the flag. And yet the gospel comes along and says, actually, those things are filthy rags. But here's a completely perfect scorecard that I'm just going to give you. And it's already signed. It's yeah. yours. Yeah. But you have to tap out That's right. to receive it. Mm-hmm. The guy shows up like Ned Schneebly from uh, <laughs> School of Rock and takes the rules off the wall and says... It's time to play music together, mm-hmm. Ecclesia. Yes. Here we are together, yeah. we're free, and we're ready to celebrate. Absolutely. And rock. And Bro, rock. thank you for your time today. Oh, this, this is great. Really, really good. I, I appreciate that. We hope the, the word time. continues mm-hmm. to connect with anybody who happens to catch a hold of this. Yeah. You got any questions, make sure and uh, send them to us. Uh, maybe we can get to them next week. We're excited. What's your plan this week as far as uh, how much scripture are you going to be able to walk through Ooh. in this Ephesians 1? It's thick. Bro. We have uh, the high water. We're doing Ephesians mm-hmm. 1 verses 3 to 14. Oh, boy. All about salvation. It's now, great. that's 10 a.m. on Sunday morning, yeah? It is. Okay. It is. Third floor. Yeah, we'll and see. And second floor. Yeah. Come on down town. Get a cup of coffee. Be here by 10. We'll kick out the jams. Lift up his name and then uh, jump into the word again and we'll do it all again, okay? We'll tap out. All right, guys. What's the word? Downtown. We'll see you next week.